beautiful sunshiny morning. We're glad that the uh, the summer is on its way. I wish spring had lasted a little longer than a couple weeks, but we'll take what we can get. We're happy for the sunshine and happy to be able to see your faces this morning as we worship together. Uh, if you need the word, they are on the website. Uh, just go to firefighter-trinity.com and you'll be able to find the words there. pray with me before we get fully started. Father, we love you so much. We thank you. We praise you for this day. We thank you for the beautiful sunshine. We thank you for the ability to gather here together. We thank you for um, just the hope that you give us, Father, as we look towards the horizon of the new things to come. Father, God, we just love you. We thank you. and We praise you this morning for your son, Jesus. And it's his name we pray. Amen.
And throughout all scripture, no one walked alone for their entire lives. Wives had husbands, husbands had wives, brothers had brothers, sisters had sisters. Parents had children, children had parents. Moses had Aaron, Joshua had Moses. And the list goes on and on and on. So from a biblical standpoint, we were never meant to walk alone through this life. And yet, as we enter into this pandemic, there was this strange new term that was introduced into our world. And that world was social distancing. Keep your distance from social interactions. It wasn't until much later that a more accurate phrase was used called physical distancing. Because that's what was really being asked was physical distance, not social. Don't not socialize with others. But we've seen the effects of, of this social distancing that it, we've seen the effects that it's had on our lives and the lives of others. We've been changed by not seeing folks in the same way that we saw them before, hugging and shaking hands, having conversations with people at a normal distance without a mask on. It has been a strange, strange year. And we were not made to live in a world like this. Something's been missing. We've naturally kind of slipped into pockets of isolation. You know, in the prison system, isolation or solitary confinement is used for punishment. It's used to break a person. And the system knows if they can isolate you long enough, then you will break and you will snap. We have slipped into some self-imposed moments of isolation during this pandemic. No warden had to put us there. We have slipped there ourselves. And some of us <clears throat> have been running a fool's errand by trying to go through this life alone. It seemed almost natural to us to do this given the circumstances. Because some people see isolation as heroic, but it's, it's not heroic. It's not healthy and we will not become whole when we're in isolation. So with all that being said today, I want to make one simple appeal to you from scripture. Find a way as soon as possible to reconnect relationally to other people. Find a way as soon as possible to reconnect relationally with other people. Scripture we're going to look at today for this lesson comes from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. This is where we are in the story. Acts, in and of itself, is like Luke, part 2. So, Jesus has just been crucified, dead, buried, and has been raised to new life. Chapter 1 of Acts, he appears to the 40, excuse me, to the, the disciples and the other believers for 40 days, teaching them about the kingdom of God, and then he's taken back up into heaven. Beginning of this chapter, we experience Pentecost, and there are tongues of, tongue, different tongues being heard, and the message, the good news of Jesus is heard by all that is gathered there 
in Jerusalem on this high open day. And they hear the good news of Jesus and 3,000 people say yes to Jesus. They repent of their sins and they're baptized. So at this moment when the scripture is describing, there's approximately 3,500 folks that are members of the way. Because throughout the book of Acts, the early church was not called the early church. That's a term that we put on it, but it was instead called the way. People lived and were part of the way. And as they heard the good news, a natural outflow of hearing this good news is they ordered their lives in a certain way that made sense with this good news. This is where we pick the text up today. It says they, being the, the, the 3,500 here of, of believers in Jesus, members of the way, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke their bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. So a few things to notice here. First thing, this following Jesus is not an individual faith journey. It does not say that folks return to their homes and intently study for hours to perfect their faith. It says, no, they gather together. And as they gather together, there was four main things that kept on rising to the surface that they were focused on or they gave their attention to. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. These were practices that they participated in as they shared life together. We talked about two of these last week, right? We talked about scripture, which would be equivalent to the, the apostles' teaching. And we talked about prayer. And we talked about how this was like tuning in the radio station and getting it tuned in correctly so you could hear and fully hear from God. When we engage in scripture, when we engage in prayer, it tunes us into God's voice and God's way and God's will for us. And it was not enough for them just to gather together. But they, they, they spent their time doing these things because they were deeply involved in each other's lives. I want to focus primarily on this, this thing from the end of this scripture. The part of the passage says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor, the favor of all people. worth saying that the early church was not worried about where they were meeting and even how they were gathering together. 
Instead, there was a natural outflow to this life they were living, and it was to be in each other's homes. It was to be together in whatever way they could, wherever they could, and to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. I'm going to circle out wide here on a side road and come back here in just a second to this main point. I need to point this out to you because I think it's worth us pondering in our own hearts and our own lives as we come out of this pandemic. This season that the church was entered into, this would have been somewhere between 33 and 35 AD. And this period that the church was entering into was one of the greatest growth periods the church has ever experienced. And during this time period, there were no church buildings. There was no place set aside that was just a place to go and to worship called a church. This passage says they met in two places. One, they met out in public in the temple courts, like the area outside the temple. If you want to have a modern-day equivalent to this, not that Walmart is holy in any sense or form or fashion of the word, but it is a place that lots of people gather and come in out, come go into and come out of. So the, the, the people of the way, they had no building to go to, but they would sometimes meet outside the local Walmart in the parking lots. They were together there. But they had no building to call their own. So where else did they meet? They met in each other's homes. And a question to ask is how did the church grow if there was no church building? Instead, we have to imagine that there was a series of interconnected relationships that people had. And these interconnected relationships is where the church grew. It's where the gospel was spread through these relational networks. It's a bit counterintuitive to us because when somebody says, well, where's, where's your church at? We say, you know the one on North Main Street? Yeah, yeah, you start turning here, yes, that one, that, that's the church. But this was not so during this day and time. There was no church buildings like we would imagine church buildings. So I challenge you this week. I give you a little extra homework here per se. Do some research and figure out when church buildings began to come into style and be built and used? And then how did that affect the growth and the spread of the gospel? All right? And I say all that to simply say that the church can and even should grow even when it has limited access to a particular place to meet and to gather. Because there's always our homes. There's always our home group was a central place for these people in Acts chapter 2. They met, met in homes, broke bread together with glad and sincere hearts. And 
met in homes, they ate together, and they had glad and sincere hearts. I am deeply convinced with every fiber of who I am right now that coming out of this pandemic, what our faith community needs more than ever is to meet in homes, eat together with glad and sincere hearts. We need to know and be known by others again this way. I heard yesterday that the goal of this life is threefold. One is to be loved deeply, two is to love others deeply, and the third is to move closer to the very source of love, i.e. God. So this is one of these moments that by inviting people into our homes and reconnecting with them, we can love more deeply, we can receive love more deeply, and we can move closer to the very source of love. So I'm asking you all as the church, as this faith community, because it will still be a few weeks, a few months, maybe even before we can have large gatherings with food again where we can all celebrate together. But in the meantime, you can host smaller events in your home. Invite people to your house. Eat together. Have glad and sincere hearts. So I'd like to challenge you this summer to host at least three parties or dinner gatherings or fellowships or whatever you want to call having food and sharing food together with glad and sincere hearts. But host three of these over this summer as we go through June, July, and August. Eat together and share around the table. Invite the number of people that you are comfortable with. Some right now, that might be a few other people. For some of you, it might be eight or 10 people. To share food and share that food that you love to share with other people. I think all of us in our homes have the food that we throw together quickly when we're running behind. And then we have that other food that we really, when we have time to fix and prepare, we love fixing and sharing with other people. Share that food with other people. Eat and laugh and be glad. Have sincere hearts sitting around listening and connecting with folks. You don't have to have an agenda. There is no study required. Just be together and reconnect. Invite those that you have not seen in a while. Invite some of your neighbors. Invite someone from church that you know. Invite somebody that you don't know. Invite people from First Fire. Invite people from Trinity. Just host some parties and get some people together. Because here is the reality. If we as a faith community are going to experience life and life to the full that Jesus created us for, we will never accomplish that by trying to maintain isolated lives. We will never experience life and life to the full in Jesus if we are living isolated lives. We were made to be with others. 
And this is one of the first steps that we can take of turning away from those isolated lives by inviting others and eating with others. And again, it's not just about hosting, but it's about accepting the invitation when someone invites you over. So next week, I'm going to have a, uh, a commitment card. And on that commitment card, there's going to be three different things. One being the, the challenge I laid out last week of scripture and prayer and allowing God to change one thing in your life over 90 days. The second will be this hosting of three parties or gatherings. And then the final one will be the one we talk about next week. But right now, even as I close us in prayer, if God is stirring in you to step out and to move away from the isolation and invite people back in, and even some families have come to mind, whatever it is, as I pray, go ahead and make that commitment to God and say, God, I'm willing to try this. I'm willing to try this. Let's pray together. Father, you know us. You know our hearts, you know our lives, you know our struggles. And I just ask right now that you will start working, including the people on our hearts that need to be connected and reconnected with. Be stirring in the people's hearts hearing today of, of hosting some of these. Use these parties and these times to help us to see you, to know you, to be shaped by you. Father, this morning we surrender and just ask that you mold us and make us and take us and shape us however you need to do. We just offer our lives to you right now. We offer this faith community to you right now. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Um, uh, First Fire Leadership Team, we're having a meeting. Um, as soon as we can get everything uh, put away here, we'll meet up in the fellowship hall. Um, Training Leadership just got done meeting. Um, before the service, um, I will say this week, um, anticipate um, some changes that are coming, and we'll start communicating those hopefully as early as Monday. Again, I need to uh, affirm all of this with uh, First Fire's leadership, but uh, I will communicate to you all very, very soon this week as soon as uh, we know what is going to be happening next week in the weeks ahead. All right? Have a great week, and we will see you very, very soon.